Welcome along to this week's episode of the Colour Outside the Lines podcast with me, Joseph Devlin. And me, Lisa Hughes. We have a very special guest on the podcast this week. Sarah has been uh, very supportive. How do you say your name again? Sarah Sproul? So Sarah Sproul. Sproul. I think Sarah Sproul. I think I said it wrong. I think I said it wrong. Yeah. I think I said it wrong as well. Sarah Sproul has been um, a regular uh, attendee at at workshops of mine. Mm. And um, she is an amazing person to talk to. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to get her on this podcast. She's had an amazing journey herself. And she is so passionate about this work that she does. So Sarah Sproul is a sex educator and runs online courses and shares her message with uh, school students and with parents all around becoming more comfortable with having conversations around sex. And Sarah is... Well, that's not uncomfortable. Why would I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I think sweet. I need a little bit of this. As, I, as I'm no, doing this intro, I'm kind of like, how do I, how do I say this? I can, I, the listeners can't see this, but I can see the creature. We're just Which is why Sarah is so fabulous. Which is why Sarah is so fabulous. And we yes. all need her. And the conversation we had was brilliant. I certainly got major insights um, through our yeah. conversation. Um, and I became a little bit more comfortable with 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 having these conversations and and kind of framing up how that was for me as as, as a non parent, but as an uncle. Um, so this was this was right. really interesting, really really cool. How, how did you find it? I know. Well, yeah, I thought it was really interesting because obviously I am a parent, and mm, as mm. as as the mother of the house, these things have a tendency to fall to you mm. in terms of having these conversations. Mm. Um, I wish Sarah had been around when my kids were younger. My kids mm. are older now. And so we've kind of gotten through a lot of the, the awkwardness of it. Yeah. Um, but certainly it's, it's really interesting. What I loved mm. from her was it's her kind of very natural way of dealing with it and it not being a big deal and how do you yeah. kind of, um, particularly at the moment, because there's like so much around, and this I'm probably going to insult lots of people as I said, it's not my intention, but between, um, you know, it used to be there was boys and girls and that was it and, and there was, you know, gays and lesbians and that yeah. was fine. And I yeah. was all yeah. oh, fine yeah. with that. Now there's gender fluid and non-binary yeah. and yeah. Yeah. trans something yeah. or that. And that and that's what I mean. I don't mean that to sound flippant. So I don't get it, right? Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're not only trying to, to navigate a world with kids I'm talking to about sex we don't mm. about sex we don't even know anything about yeah you know? in it, exactly um, in it, and it's in it, in a whole a very, different landscape yeah and a very dynamic changing landscape and and, and this is where I think Huge it's is super important totally yeah 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 mm. I think what was really brought up for me was the interesting history that um, a lot of nations have had in Ireland especially around this this idea that we are originally sinful you know our pleasure is sinful we have this I connected in with this idea that I have shame around pleasure. And I think this is why this is such a, um, a really important conversation. To, to give a little bit of context, this recording was done previous to the, um, the, 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 the file, which, which has been shared recently um, around, um, and you might have seen this in, in the news and, and, and heard about this, this file that was shared um, without consent of uh, a lot of people, their images have been have been shared. So I think this brings up this idea of consent even more into the um, into the realm and, and the conversation. It's amazing. It's becoming more and more comfortable out there. So I think this work is was is really important. Um, so yeah, but it was also a fun conversation. Oh yeah, totally. It was. Yeah. She is yeah. great fun. And that's that's what I mean about her. She has this lovely balance in the game to talk about these kind of really different things yeah. in a way that makes it really accessible and that we yes. don't all get to, you know, and it's serious. You're right. It's serious and we need responsibility and we need consent and all of those mm. things. And, and we need ways to talk about it where we yeah. don't all clam up. And she, yeah. makes, she makes it fun, yeah. you know, and I think yeah. it's so yeah. important for kids particularly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, we'll... Enjoyable deep conversation. Yeah, we'll shoot up and enjoy Sarah. Yeah. Now, now we have green bars. Excellent. That's great. Now we are rolling. Now we are rolling. Yeah, now we are. 
here at our now we're here color outside the lines mm-hmm. podcast with mm-hmm. lisa and joseph and the fabulous the wonderful the amazing sarah sproul well thank you for inviting me You're very, very <laughs> we're welcome. all sharing wonderfulness today we're thrilled to have you mm-hmm. at our at our first first yeah episode our first official episode our first official guest our first official guest yeah because yeah, our first yeah, official yeah. episode was yeah. last week yeah not, not yeah. that i'm being picky no, okay I'm not, not where, no, no. Okay. and we're going to have anyone more fabulous than the fabulous sarah so do you want to introduce yourself and and tell us a little bit of sounds a bit like an interview doesn't it because that's what we do <laughs> sorry <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself Sure. So I'm Sarah Sproul. And it's important that I say my surname because most people say it differently to I do, which is fine, but I say it Sproul, like the bird. Yeah. I remember that one. You may notice from my accent that I don't have an Irish accent, but I've lived here almost 20 years. In fact, Ireland is the place I've lived the longest in any one spot. So, yeah. I'm originally from Melbourne. I'm an occupational therapist that works in sexuality education and all about supporting families to have comfortable, calm, natural, open conversations with the children in their care about sex, bodies, relationships, well, all that stuff. Well, Sarah, in fairness now, <laughs> comfortable conversations. How long have you been living in Ireland? <laughs> we don't have comfortable conversations. We have comfortable conversations about the weather and politics. <laughs> not even politics, but sex. No, we don't talk about that at all. Well, you Particularly see- not with the children, Sarah. It's not my word, Lisa. It's okay. that that is what parents are coming to me and saying that they want to be able to be. It's aspirational. <laughs> they oh. want to feel comfortable yeah. and like this is part of everyday sort of family life. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. and it's that it's I a wonderful it. word. In fairness, don't we all want to be comfortable in some way, shape, or form with our sexuality and our body? Well, the alternative's not great, isn't it? No. Because it's the deep discomfort that we've been carrying around all these years. Mm-hmm. About. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about sex, but talking about sex. Mm-hmm. sex kind of a bit of a, it's still a bit of a taboo, isn't it? Like it's still, like you're saying, like the normal conversations which you'd have in a normal, pleasant conversation would be like mm. weather, politics, mm. the GAA and or rugby. Religion, maybe that gets a bit heated. But gets a little bit heated. And then you're kind of into these bits, which is kind of like people sometimes are kind of like start to kind of like clam up with and be like, ooh, this is. Well, you know what's interesting awkward. is I think I'm, I'm feeling a bit awkward even like being. being well, you're with called, girls now. This. And yeah. this, this is the thing is it's like women will have conversations with one another about yep. sex and that will be comfortable and often hilarious. <laughs> and men will have, you know bragging rights i think about yeah, sex yeah, wouldn't yeah, they but yeah, it's yeah. it's talking with each other and i think mm. the really interesting thing for me for you is talking with the kids about it like yeah. so whatever yeah. about what you might say to you what you might say to your mates or what i might say to my girlfriends mm. do you remember talking with your parents about sex joseph briefly <laughs> briefly i remember being asked do you do you do you understand the birds and the bees and me being like yep and having no more of a conversation <laughs> being wow. like yep i know everything i don't i feel i yeah definitely didn't feel comfortable having that conversation mm. but it was kind of like uh-huh i understand biologically how this works can we move on <laughs> so that probably isn't what you mean by comfortable conversation <laughs> just checking <laughs> yeah. i think uh, adults who are caring for kids in ireland want open natural sort of flow of information because um well what parents are telling me is that they remember what it was like for them Mm -hmm. and it was either a really awkward non-conversation a bit like Mm. you're saying joseph or no conversation at all or a book slid under the bedroom door or maybe um some sort of really unpleasant supposedly sex education in school which maybe was just about I remember someone said to me in the last few months about that women's girl sexuality was an oven that took a long time to warm up this was the analogy in mm. school and I can't remember the analogy for a for a boy's sexuality oh, I but think I remember this yeah. one. So girls are like an electric oven they take time to warm up boys are like a gas oven mm. you just one spark and they're going, yeah. they're going, and, and which is actually really 
not particularly useful <laughs> information because we're all so different. It's not just about yeah. the genitals we have on, that's on a big our body. Generalization. Mm. Right, right. Mm. This was the, the oven the oven analogy is about how, how we are or how we converse. How we're aroused. How I think that's aroused. what it was. Yeah, okay, okay. exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so the, I think this was the, the bit around kind of like women need foreplay, I think is basically what they were saying. Okay. And men, not so much. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a gas oven. Sometimes I like, it, 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 it stops and it starts and it comes back and forth. Like, are we still so, talking analogy or are we getting we deeply into your personal life now? <laughs> well, I was actually talking about my actual oven and maybe there is metaphor there. Sometimes I think, I think, and I'm being serious about my oven, but there's metaphor. I think, I think my oven is going and it's burning strong and actually there's mm. a strong smell of gas coming mm. out of it. And it's actually not, it's not going. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so there's an interesting metaphor there. Yeah. And here's the problem, I think, for mm. those of us who are raising boys and young men, mm. is that how unpleasant it is to think of our lads being put under pressure to be a gas oven and mm. say, like, you're, the message to them is you have to be on. Mm. You have to want it. Yeah. That's, that's intrinsically sort of related to being masculine mm. or a man. And that's really, it, it just, there's, problems in terms of how they get to know themselves if they're mm. expecting to be that way and maybe they're not for whatever reason because everybody's different right mm. yeah and the pressure the performance anxiety mm. that mm. must go with that like i don't yeah. even really think about that i mean i have, I have three kids and we we had some some conversations before we started in on this and, and it is like they are all so different mm. three mm. of them mm. yeah two girls and a boy and mm. and even the two girls incredibly different and so this this analogy of this is what boys are like and this is what girls are yeah. like that's so unfair isn't yeah. it to everybody I, um, part of my job is to go into national schools I do sexuality education in the classroom for 11 and 12 year olds and one of the questions that I got if well before lockdown um, a lad had written on the piece of paper what if I don't I want to have sex but I don't know how to do it Mm. And it was sort of like, to me, there was that undercurrent of pressure in terms mm. of, wow, there is no room for you to learn as you go, which one be mm. one of the huge values in my world anyway. We all learn about who we are and who the people are that we're with as we go along. Mm. And so it really raised my consciousness about how we, we talk a lot and feel a lot of worry about our the girls we're raising, mm. but our lads, mm -hmm. there it's there's this silent pressure to mm. have it all together and yeah. know what you're doing, and mm. it's it's not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's a pressure there for to, to get it right mm. and to perform and and to to be to be good at it straight away, mm. and that like if if there's a learning curve then that's going to be potentially really embarrassing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're so right. And mm. I think also, like, let's not be sort of binary about this too. Mm. What about all the people that don't identify either way? Yeah. Or um, say, I I'm identify as a woman, but I would say my sexuality is very much gas oven. Mm -hmm. I am that sort of person. Mm -hmm. So do I, am I, do I feel broken because of that? Mm -hmm. So there needs to be a space for diversity and mm -hmm. complexity, like anything in the world, but particularly around this and particularly when we're talking uh, with our small people and our young people who are just mm. discovering who they are. Mm. Mm. And, and so this is a process that you, you guide parents through and kids through. Can you talk to us a bit more mm. about that? Because you, you, you seem to have a, an interesting kind of um, foot in both worlds, if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm a parent. I have three children, uh, almost 17, 15 and 12. Mm. So um, my my huge passion in my work does lie with families. So mm. adults who are caring for kids, because I believe that that is where um, all the most of the support and um, assistance in growing up can happen mm. in in a household. Mm. Because when I go into school, I'm there for if I'm lucky a day so I will have maybe four hours in a classroom with mm -hmm. maybe 25 kids what I can provide them I can provide them with information but I'm not I can't be that adult that they go to when times are tough or they have a question or they're sort of worried about whether they're normal or one boob is growing faster than the other boob or why does my penis look like that mm. so um, yeah I do have uh, experiences from both sides 
But um, where most of my energy is going now is supporting families, particularly in Ireland, mm. because I believe there is so much potential here. There are mm-hmm. so many uh, parents and guardians out there looking to do the best they can for mm. their children because mm. they want something different to what they had growing up. Mm. I mean, like that that's the sign of a truly loving adult who mm. um, who's caring for kids that they would be willing to push themselves a little bit because mm-hmm. this sort of stuff it doesn't necessarily come naturally to be able to have these conversations mm-hmm. we've never maybe seen an adult do it really mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and naturally so it takes work mm. 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 and it takes a willingness to be uncomfortable mm. you know which is which is really what a lot of what we talk about is mm-hmm. that being outside the lines, that mm-hmm. bravery, that courage, that vulnerability mm-hmm. of doing it a little bit differently, particularly when, as you say, I don't know how to do it. Mm. So how did you, I mean, you're originally an occupational therapist mm. and obviously you are a parent and mm. wanting to have these conversations with your kids. How did you come to this? You're obviously really passionate about it. What was your, mm. what was your path to this particular piece? Not immediately obvious um it's it's always personal i think Mm. if you if you ever talk to someone who has a vision who believes that the world can be a better place particularly in terms of raising children if you scratch the surface you will always find a personal story underneath and i'm the same um i tell the story that when i was nine and my friend libby and i were outside and she was saying to me oh do you know how babies are made and i'm going yeah sperms and eggs and she goes yeah but do you know how the sperm gets the egg and i'm going uh did they fly through the air and she was like gotcha no (laughs) and then we had that penis and vagina conversation and i was upset I was like I felt dumb because why didn't I know that Mm. and you know my mum had had conversations with us about the mechanics of baby making because Mm. I have younger siblings Mm. but I don't remember that um so that it's really it reminds us all really that we can say something to our child Mm. and a few years later that may not be Mm. in their mind at all Mm. so Mm. that's the first thing and that was a really strong memory but the next thing was really um, being a young adult in my 20s and floundering around Mm. trying to work out not necessarily who I was so much as but what sort of relationship did I want to be in and how did what what did good sex feel like no one had ever talked to me about what an orgasm was Mm. when I first had penis and vagina sex I didn't use a condom and you know because we were rookies at it Mm. lovely like wonderful experience and completely clueless Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. how to look after ourselves and Mm be um, careful about all those sort of things and and you know there were people that got hurt because I hadn't learnt to be who I was like Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was Mm -hmm. I didn't know what sort of relationships I want so I was hurt other people were hurt and I was like this surely it doesn't have to be like this has got to be a better way Mm. and then you go on the process of self-discovery and then with my occupational therapy qualification and it just all started to make sense when then when I had my own kids I thought Mm. here is the opportunity Mm. to do something different and change uh what it's going to be like for my kids growing up and just to say one thing That is not in any way, shape or form thinking that I'm raising humans who are not going to struggle or have difficult difficulties knowing themselves. Of course mm. they are, mm. because that's part of being human, right? That we mm. learn as we go yeah. along yeah. Yeah. and we learn process. mostly by failure uh-huh. and bombing out completely, picking ourselves <laughs> up and getting on. So it's not about completely excluding the chance of that happening, but yeah. more about laying a groundwork for um, that they feel supported and they feel like when they make a mistake or when something doesn't go quite right, that's okay. Mm. That's part of life. Mm. So it sounds like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, is is that when, when you were kind of that floundering bit in, in your twenties, that if we can be more natural and more comfortable in these conversations about sex with our kids, that they're more, they're more fully and more holy themselves and more kind of grounded so that they're going to have their own foibles and mistakes, but that they, they won't have that sense of 
having nowhere to return to, having no home base to return to because you will have created that connection with them mm. through those conversations. Mm. And I think connection is built on acceptance of diversity. And what I mean by that is we are all different. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us is different in terms of what we look like and what our body is like. So this is just non-sexual diversity, mm -hmm. how our mind thinks, what our skin feels like. Mm -hmm. And then you add, out, add in... Um, how our genitals behave and how they like to be touched or not touched and um and that just brings in a whole other part of it so i think the fundamentals are how do we allow ourselves to grow into who we are mm. in a gentle kind accepting loving way mm. um and how do we allow the people around us to do that same thing mm. 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 and this is this I is really say, this, uh, this is an interesting conversation i think yeah. i i I totally get what Sarah is saying, I think. And I'm looking at you thinking this, this is probably more challenging conversation for you than it is for, for So it's a, for it's, us. A, it's a different context. Yeah, because we're allowed to like have feelings and be gentle and kind and stuff, whereas boys, not, not so much maybe. As in parents are allowed to have feelings or well, fe so, female as are, uh, females are allowed to have feelings? So I guess my observation of parenting styles is, yeah. is that as mothers yes, yes we're very involved in this process gotcha you know and gotcha. that for and I'm particularly struck by what Sarah says about our boys mm. but also for our fathers yeah. or for our father figures or yeah. our yeah. elder men and we were talking about this a little bit yeah. more this is like yeah. this where are you in this territory where is where your mentorship how do yeah. you step in yeah. how do you how do you lead? Yeah, how do you guide? Yeah, how do you yeah, steward yeah, yeah. younger yeah. younger males? Like I, even coaching and things. Yeah, I mm. think I would struggle to know like what's appropriate in the right context and, and where am I in this? So so for context, I'm 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 not a dad, mm. but I'm an uncle, for example. Yeah. So like there there would be people out there who might be in the similar boat of of being like, well, where, where, where's the appropriate line for me here? Mm. And where mm. do I, how do I handle this? Yeah. And, and maybe there might come a time where, yeah, young people might ask me, mm. must, might ask me questions. And they I might be might, more might, likely to ask you questions. You know, you're less scary than dad or mom, you know? Potentially. Yes. Yeah. Pick yeah. it ready. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good. So this is great. So I'm interested to learn where, where that might be for me. How do I sense check about what's, what's comfortable? What's like, what, like what's, what's correct in like the, the, the sense of where, where do, where do I, how do I gauge this? Mm -hmm. Because maybe as a, as a non-parent, I, I don't learn the same like um, stepping stones. I mm -hmm. don't, I don't maybe know where they're, where they're at, um, where young, younger people are, are at. So any advice for, for non-parents like myself? Yeah, do you know what, Joseph? I actually think it's complex being a man or mm. a masculine mm. in this whole world mm. of talking about sexuality yeah. because you're you're hobbled from the very beginning, if that's a word. Sure. Is that where you one of your legs are tied up and you're having yeah, to jump along with your handicap? So um, oftentimes part of my work is to go out into schools when we used to do that mm. and talk to large groups of parents mm. and Almost universally, I would get one question mm. about how do we help or work alongside awkward dads who are having trouble having these conversations. Mm. And the question is often asked is like they're somehow it's they're wrong or they're less than because they're awkward. Mm. Whereas another way we can see it is that men have not been given. Yeah. Mm, the permission yeah. to talk about these sort of things yeah. with mm. children because think about it for a minute if you imagine if you saw you know think about men children sex mm -hmm. where does your brain go oh not to a good place right Yucky. yeah child sexual abuse Icky. yeah Icky. right totally. so already that is a massive roadblock in yeah. terms of um, a man showing up for the educational and supportive needs of his children yeah. or children yeah. in his care or whatever yeah. way you look at that so um so recognition of that complexity mm. i think is the 
absolute first step. Mm, 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 because mm, mm. otherwise you're battling against this unseen force of like, why does this feel hard? Or why is why is she able to talk to this and I don't feel able to? What's going on? Mm. You're not broken. Mm. You're, you're um, reacting to these, um, messages or mm. sort of unseen rules that mm. we all pick up about all sorts of things that mm. come at us from the newspaper headlines we mm. read or the clickbait that we see um, or what's happening on social media or what our p- parents did when mm. they were raising up or the mm. other adults mm. were raising mm. up. So, mm. so I actually think taking care of yourself and saying, wow, this is really hard. Whether you are raising your own children mm. or you are in a leadership position mm. of children. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry that I don't have a simple, like, oh, this is what you do, step one, step two, step three, but I think it's God disingenuous. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, think damn, <laughs> I think it's mean to have a three-step yeah. process. And then um, someone's listening to this podcast and they try and do step one and they can't do it and they're like, oh, I'm broken. Yeah, exactly. I'm a bad, exactly. bad There isn't a formula, but, no, but thank you so much for naming that it's hard. Yeah. As 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 men, like this is icky territory, mm. right? Because like, f- like no one, no one wants to be that guy mm. in terms of like the 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 one who's kind of like fumbled this and maybe made it even more awkward mm. for for the kid, and then the mm. kid doesn't want to go and ask anybody again, or or like you say, they're like you 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 be you be the weird uncle, the weird guy who's yeah. like like yeah, giving giving wrong advice or or yeah yeah. And, and I think that's really, really helpful to name that this is tough. This mm. is tricky. And, and mm. it's, I don't feel it's in our culture for men to have these conversations. Mm. Or it's been potentially in a, I'm, I'm going to use the word toxic masculinity yeah. way. Or, yeah. or, or now and maybe mm. there's a better word which might make more sense. I think there's, there's a protective masculinity. What I've mm. seen with an awful lot of fathers, particularly around their daughters, is the, you know, mm. I'm going to lock them up till they're 30 type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Or like keep them away from men forever, the, which is obviously yeah, yeah, know, impossible. Yeah, yeah. So because they've experienced perhaps some locker room talk or whatever, whatever I don't know. You know, I'm, that's not, it's the, not meant to be judgmental is, in the, terms of yeah. that. But there's definitely, I've seen like dads say, yeah, yeah, yeah. my job here is to protect my daughter, yeah, to keep her away yeah. from men. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Never mind yeah. that she might well actually be interested in women. That's neither here nor there. Mm. And then for the son, it's about or the boys. It's all about that. What you were talking about earlier is there that bravado, that mm. kind of you know, taking him out and buying him his condoms and you know congratulating on him, you getting laid mm. for the first time, but mm-hmm. actually not understanding that on the other side of that interaction, that sexual mm. interaction, is the girl who's the daughter of another man yeah. who was trying to yeah. Yeah. keep her away yeah. from boys yeah. forever. Yeah. So there's this very broken piece for guys, mm. I think, mm. in mm. all of this. Mm. Um, and not an awful lot of support. There's not a lot of conversation mm. about it. I, I feel as though maybe that we get a lot of the technical, biological kind of rules and regulations mm. and like techniques. Like when I was in school, we may be about 12 or 13 we we got the we got the how Mechanics. to put on a condom yeah, yeah, yeah how to put on a condom but we didn't really get any of like the softer skills if mm. you like around you probably like, didn't even get consent joseph i mean that's a huge conversation and we probably didn't get a lot of that did you so remember you grew up in new zealand no, definitely so not in ireland I wouldn't have i'm trying to think that would have been 20 years ago and i can't remember there being a conversation around around consent yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of think when I'm when I'm supporting parents because mm. I have a course and we mm. go through mm. a few different things. The 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 four key things to getting more comfortable with just generally about sexuality and communicating mm. about it, no matter what gender child we're raising, mm. no matter what gender we are ourselves, would be the first thing is self-compassion, which is mm. partly what I was alluding to before about there are major roadblocks here yeah. and it's not easy and that's okay. You're not broken if it's hard, right? Mm. Cool. And then this, this good. yeah. It's good, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Right. And then the second bit would be what you said, Lisa, which is about actually communication skills that sounds really sort of naff Mm. but those ways like how do you actually start a conversation about something 
complex with a child when you're tootling along on the bicycle down the boulevard, right, mm-hmm. or whatever, or on the beach in Dunleary. And so that could be as simple as little sentence starters like, I learned something new today. You know, mm-hmm. I, I listened to Joseph and Lisa on podcast. I learned something new today. Parents have trouble talking about bodies and we even have trouble saying the word penis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that is, yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed and I have one. <laughs> so it's, it's like very simple communication strategies like that. And then you have your age appropriate topics that you can talk about with whatever age child. And then the fourth one that I can't remember. So, you know, like there is strategies around this. Like it's not like everyone's left flailing around, but I think it's important to first realize that mm. it's complex. Mm. And, um, and to- I l- I love the sound of the fact that there are, you know, I love these these four things. And I know, mm. you know, you, you said it isn't formulaic, but I think it is one of those things. Like, you know, I said, I, I have three kids and they're quite old now. This day, but mm. I do remember when they were born thinking, where is the instruction manual for this? <laughs> yeah. Where is the download that has to go with it? Yeah. And it took me a while to say, okay, you know, it's good for me to seek out parenting skills and yeah. to look for help because it isn't an automatic download. Mm. And so, and you have to do that at every stage. Yeah. Yeah. And there are yeah. toddlers, you know, there's from breastfeeding mm. to toddlerdom to, mm. you know, starting them in school. How do I help them with that? How do I support them with the transition into mm. secondary school? So this is just one more yeah. thing where yeah. it makes a lot of sense to reach out and, and talk to somebody yeah. who has some expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the thing yeah. is, most of us feel like we should be able to do it. Yeah. There's this very big should you know, we now realize that the world is completely broken around sexuality. So mm. our child is is growing up mm. in a place where they can find online sexual mm. explicit stuff if yeah. they want to. And yeah. probably maybe even by mistake or someone else shows it to them. Mm. So that is the reality of our time now. And so we really want to step up. Any of us who care mm. for children, we want to step up. And mm. so there's that should in our relationship. This should be easy. Mm. I just remember back during the... Um, the reproductive what was that last referendum we had for um, oh, the, access oh. to the appeal repeal the repeal, repeal the eighth yeah. yeah um and i was sitting on a panel during that time and it was about how to talk to children about that the mm. time when mm. all that was going on around mm. the referendum mm. and i still remember this mom she was sitting in the audience and she was describing what it was like to have her son i think he was seven or eight in the back seat driving along seeing one of those big billboards oh, beside the canal yeah. oh the really and, extreme yeah, kind of ones yeah yeah, the yeah. And, yeah right okay and her hands are on the steering wheel and she just goes like her knuckles are white and she was yeah. saying to herself i need to say something i need to say something and the poster comes closer i need to say something i need to say and then the poster goes and she hasn't said anything yeah. and there's that sinking feeling right in that her body like yes gotcha. I've, I've let down my kid again right. and it was in that moment that I realized you know this is not about pushing ourselves to just get it done mm. this is about finding the easiest possible smallest start to mm. this and that may not look like a conversation with a child at all that may look like finding a supportive community mm. or a therapist of some sort who mm-hmm. works in this area mm. that you can go to and practice or talk through like mm. why is this hard and really understand mm. why it's complex mm. and stop beating ourselves up yeah. about it and then moving forward so yeah. um because so- because if there was if there was a manual, you mentioned where's the manual, yeah. like where's where's the, where's the instruction manual that comes with yeah. this thing. If there was a manual, my question would be: Is that manual up to date, and mm. is that manual well, see, relevant? Because things are changing so much. Like this you, is the you, thing you're that saying, saying, like to with, you. with the online media, that, and like, then the conversations which are happening now, and we're we're evolving. The culture is changing. Like. A, I think maybe we're we're leaving behind a lot of the old ways. How do we how do we have the new? See, I uh, one way to turn that on its head is mm. actually to say we all still have our body. Yeah. And so that doesn't change and what I've noticed even just in personal experience like an experience of something going well and our body to experience that like I was telling you both earlier that I had an experience a long time ago mm. now, it was a sexual experience where the communication mm-hmm. was 
unbelievably mm. awesome and clear mm. and consensual. Mm. I had never experienced anything like mm. that before. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like once I saw how good and wonderful mm-hmm. it could be mm-hmm. that I realized how crap and rubbish everything else had been. <laughs> but up until that point, up until that point, I thought that's what it was like. Right, yeah. right. So it's almost like how can we find experiences like uh, as adults, but even for our young people, how can we encourage them that this is actually meant to be fun? Yeah. It's meant to feel nice. Yeah. And you're meant to actually want to be there and not be staring at the ceiling wondering like, okay, when is this person going to take their hand off my arm even? <laughs> Instead of why can't I just ask or move away or do yeah. something like that so yeah. that we bring power into these interactions yeah. that we have a way to um, negotiate things. And and I think there is it's very powerful when we get down to that level. Great. I'm really interested in what you're saying about the body though because this is one of the things, like you were talking about, it, mm-hmm. it being different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My teenagers are talking about cisgender, what? queer... By right, uh, gender fluid. Right. So, I have a sense, and 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 I don't know if I'm right about this. To be honest with you, that their body is not necessarily a safe place. Does that ah, make sense? Okay. That that gender and sexuality, which are the last things possibly, that they're now socially constructed. I get to negotiate about what my gender is. What whether I'm I want to be in the body that I'm in, do I identify as one? Ah, okay. So that's where I was like, <clears throat> yes, we all have our bodies and we're even renegotiating our relationship with our bodies. Mm. And so what was really interesting about what you said was whether you identify as a man or a woman or a girl or a boy or whether you're in the body you think you have, mm. it should be pleasurable in that body, regardless mm. of the label that we put on it. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. But yeah, I, I yeah that. it's our, it's mm. our experience. I like that. Mm. And I, it's interesting you should bring up labels because in a sense, the children that are growing up now are fortunate in a sense that they understand that there is a, so many options Mm. that it's not as simple as maybe when I was growing up, when you were growing up. Um, And at the same time that can bring complexity, but young people have an amazing capacity to learn things that to us seem complicated. Mm. And, um, and that's what I love about working with young people is that there is so much potential and enthusiasm for life and um, excitement in what is possible and I think sometimes as adults we will look in on our young people and go oh there's so much that could go wrong and so much difficulty and complexity and they're living it that's their normal that's their natural habitat so they Mm. don't see it like that and they have developed just by being in the world in which they are skills that we will never have because we're not native to this time Mm. it's it's like an and effort is like I grew up playing basketball mm-hmm. I never grew up playing rugby and so mm. when I sit on the rugby pitch and I watch that sounds like oh that just feels so wrong and so bad and that's where we are as parents because mm. we naturally mm. played basketball mm. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. got to do a sports analogy always have to do a sports <laughs> analogy <laughs> so if you're a parent who's played basketball now that there's all of these possibilities on the rugby field that's yeah. even more complex right as, as yeah. a parent navigating that. yeah and i suppose and that's where the self-compassion comes back in mm. Like how, what can we expect of ourselves that is kind and caring Mm. and at the same time, and this is where two sort of almost competing ideas sit together, we need to be kind to ourselves and care for ourselves and appreciate that we can't get everything right and at the same time we want to do our best for our child so that's sitting next to it and Mm. so we do want to move ourselves forward and I think that's where seeking help comes in and not Mm. struggling on your own. Mm. And it reminds me of, you know, when I brought our first newborn home, John and I, we we brought our new little 
bundle little of yeah oh I, I like I'm I'm feeling really nostalgic but I'm also thinking oh thank goodness I never have to do again because that is so 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 hard I remember putting her into the back of the car and driving through the street Sean was driving and I'm just like somebody is gonna die <laughs> you know? but anyway get home and a lovely neighbor down the road came up and delivered us a vegetarian lasagna mm. and I will always remember that sort of feeling of community mm. and we're better together when we help each other other out Mm. and we're not meant to struggle on our own with things that are difficult Mm. and new and challenging Mm. so Mm. if we if we don't struggle when we have a newborn because we have people we Mm. expect people to be around us which of course doesn't always happen because broken world Mm. why do we all expect ourselves to do this part of our parenting which is new and different and hugely challenging without a supportive community or a trusted guide yeah you know so why would you not want Lasagna. Exactly. Why would you not want someone to bring you a vegetarian lasagna? You might need a glass of wine as opposed to a vegetarian lasagna oh, by yeah. the time you're having these conversations. <laughs> you know, what I loved about it, she brought it in a takeaway container, so we didn't even have to remember to take oh, back the dish. Great, <laughs> great, that great, is the best day we're great. ever going to have. Yeah, because yeah. she'd be in there. She'd be like, these people are going to have baby brain. They're not going to know where this dish came from. I'm never going to see that again. You make such a good point. Yeah. You make such yeah. a good point. So here's the other thing, right, that not every parent who has older children than you will be able to support you in this work because Mm. unless they have looked at themselves and worked out Mm. why it's difficult to do this Mm. these conversations and really examined Mm. what's going on Mm. they may give you bad advice oh yeah like for example bad advice um you don't need to talk to your kid until maybe they're nine ten or eleven or twelve that is bad mm. advice <laughs> because here's, here's what we know i was worried she was going to say something else there i didn't know what it was but the look on her face was like bad. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, is so clear okay to do not to do so here's the takeaway point and everyone can listen to this very carefully and write it down the earlier you start having conversations with your children the younger they are the easier it's going to be for everyone as time goes on. And and most parents will go, what, even a two-year-old? And I'm saying, yes, even a two-year-old. But I'm not saying you sit down and you talk about, well, the penis goes into the vagina. Mm. But you talk to two-year-olds about how their body is their own Mm. and their body feels good and Mm. um, how do you make sure you treat a friend Mm. nicely so they want to play with you again Mm. and... And yes, daddy has a penis and mm. other daddy has another penis, but it looks different, mm. you know. So you're just sort of, you're incorporating all those other things that we talk about to do with the body, yeah. adding in genitals and mm. consent and all those yeah. things. Yeah. And you're laying the foundation. And this is what's super important. Yeah. We lay yeah. the foundation so that when our kids get older and 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and it goes up even more, mm. you don't have to do the basics. And yeah. you've established yourself as an adult who will talk about these things mm. and be able to look them in the eye and say, yeah, we talk about this stuff here. Yeah. And you can ask questions. And if I don't know the answer, I will find out for you and get back to you about it. So it's it's really important to understand that. And if it doesn't feel accessible or possible to talk to young children about these sort of things, then that's okay. It just mm. means you need help. You mm. need support. You're mm. not, again, you're not broken. Mm. I will just keep saying you're not broken. You're mm. not broken. You're not mm. broken. And I love that about, you know, talking to really young children about their body because we're so disconnected from our body. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you and I have talked about this before, mm-hmm. you as a physical therapist mm-hmm. and I mean, from, from a meditation perspective, mm-hmm. a yoga perspective, mm-hmm. people are so out of their bodies. Yeah. And that's because, you know, when we, when we did talk about body parts, perhaps when we were at home, it wasn't in a positive way. It wasn't mm. we should feel good in our bodies. It mm. was like mm. those are your private parts and nobody should see them and or they're unclean or you know, there was there was cloak and dagger stuff about it. So you you didn't feel like it was it was okay yeah. to talk about those parts of yeah. your body and yeah. Yeah. just further disconnected you from yeah. some bits were okay and yeah. some bits not it's okay. That taboo a bit again, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to get your guys' sense. Is is there at all you think a little bit of shame around sexuality? Is there a little bit of a shame piece around? A this? little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
in Ireland? <laughs> you know, ah, oh, huge shame and huge shame about you know unmarried sex and okay, my my mother, oh dear, bless her soul, she's rolling in her grave now at this stage. <laughs> we having this conversation, you know, it we forget. Yeah. Ireland of the last twenty years yeah. is is transformed. Mm-hmm. Like what you guys know of Ireland is not what I grew up in. Yeah. Like I grew up in a, a hugely shame ridden, mm. guilty, oppressed yeah. Catholic Church. Yeah. The, the hold the Catholic Church had yeah. over Ireland yeah. has only gone yeah. in the last twenty five yeah. years. Yeah. And that yeah. was yeah. that was the the, the the pedophilia and all of those yeah. scandals, that absolute horrendous yeah. stuff that went on. That's only twenty five years old. And, so yeah. parents now of my age or even ten years younger than me. I, we're still carrying all, all mm, of that stuff. Mm, mm. Of there was huge shame mm. associated with sex. I, and it was, I never. We I, couldn't even like couldn't even get condoms till about. Yeah, years ago. Crazy. I never I never realized. Yeah. like that. This was the situation. You couldn't you couldn't get condoms here, and 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 the laundries, the Magdalen laundries, oh. were around up until like the sixties, seventies, seventies, seventies for sure. And sure. I thought I didn't get like that they were actually called Magdalene like they were they were named yeah, yeah. that's what they were referred to as yeah. Yeah. like that only dropped in to be recently I thought yeah. that they are called that post their existence if that makes sense no they were named that they were named that because yeah. you know you were fallen and you were shamed and, and yeah. like we have a friend who uh-huh. who 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 fell pregnant when she was in, in her teenage years yeah, and, and yeah. felt that she had to go away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This this is not yeah. 1945 and yeah. not, even 1960. This is 1980. Yeah. 1989? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. felt that she had to go away because yeah. of the shame she yeah. would bring on her family yeah. because of yeah. because of this baby. Yeah. Um, and this is a powerful emotion. Like this, I mean, this emotion... Yeah. But it's the wound of the soul of the Irish people and this is why I love yeah. this self-compassion yeah yes. because this is why we find it so hard yes yeah and what I think what is very powerful about parents who are stepping up now and saying I want something different from my child mm. yeah. I think um, that there's a vision in their head of if one of their children got pregnant or was involved in a pregnancy when they were you know 13 14 15 what would they want to be able to offer that child? Mm. And it is universally, the people that come to talk to me anyway, is compassion and mm. care and support and love mm. and um, a chance to make a decision about what they would like to do in their life moving forward. Mm. And rather than what it was like, as you've ably described, Lisa, you know, so mm. this is revolutionary mm. social change mm-hmm. happening one family at a time. Yeah. And that's why... As I'm talking about that, I'm just feeling so excited about the potential mm. I, and the, not just the potential, but the change that is taking place mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not to say that it's easy, but there are adults all over this country mm. who are doing the hard yeah. work yeah. and it's so encouraging yeah. and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's also, it's not just about pregnancy. Like it's not no. just about straight sex, right? Yeah. It's also yeah. about gay, mm-hmm. bi, mm-hmm. You, LGBTQ mm-hmm. I'm not don't want to offend everybody I always find that's a very long LGBTQ did I say get all the bits in um, and what's really interesting about it I my daughter now she's 20 now but at her 14th birthday party mm. um, what a really good friend of mine a, um, a son of a really good friend of mine but he was a pal of mine who who was a chef and, we, and he came to do cupcakes with mm. the with with the girls and they mm. were this was her 14th birthday party and they were openly talking about this friend of theirs who was gay mm. and he my pal who was making the cupcakes with them was maybe 19 or 20 mm. and he was saying to them your pal is gay but like you're only 14 and he's come out already and they were like yeah and he said I couldn't come out to my folks until last year. Mm. So even in that really short space of time, mm-hmm. I do think this is absolutely revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And I think for mm-hmm. parents to keep up with that and to be compassionate with that mm-hmm. and kind to themselves about it because it's happening really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I think we need help. And I think that mm. the work that you're doing is really valuable mm. to help us to step mm. outside mm. the lines mm. of what mm. we knew mm. as parents and the experiences mm-hmm. we had when we grew up mm-hmm. to, to offer something different. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the culture is changing quick. It's, it's kind of like us, us as... I like the way you put it, the, the carers for little people. Is that mm. right? <laughs> kind of yeah. us who have to almost kind of catch up and being mm. kind of like, right, what, what's happening around me now? What, where, 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 where are they at? Like some of the stuff you said when you were describing the different ways which are, are used to discuss gender, I'm like, I, I, don't, I, don't get, I don't get two of them. I was like, I must ask, what are, what are they? These are really funny stories. A friend of mine, Deirdre, um, and her husband, and they have two girls and one of them is as sharp as a tack mm. and her, the husband and the, and the daughter have um you know that father daughter kind of spark relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's you know he he was saying to her you know this is what girls do and he was he's made some very kind of you know throwaway comment right and she said well you know i haven't decided how i'm going to identify yet dad and he's like <laughs> what do you mean and then he goes did I did I help me out and then she's, you're on your own mate <laughs> I love that there, and it reminds me of something super important that this sort of teaching and learning thing it doesn't run from adult to child it can very often and that's a yeah, gorgeous example of it yeah, run the other way yeah, and how yeah, lucky yeah, are we yeah, yeah, that yeah. our children have a voice to be able to yeah. sort of sort of put us straight you know yeah. fair play yeah fair play yeah, yeah. fair play <laughs> oh, yeah god <sighs> so your advice is mm. find some help be kind to yourself that's our melodic <laughs> reminder that we are it's our 45 minutes isn't 45, it? Minutes, 45 in. minutes that's it yeah. yeah so you were saying about the advice yeah yeah so just summarizing what what kind of what i heard sarah say and i want to just check back mm. in so it's if you are in the care of mm. you, children mm. whether that's leading them if you're a big brother type of mm. role or whether you're in, in a sports club if, if you're or a trusted you're person uncle, if you're a trusted person that's a great way to put it trusted mm. person be kind to yourself we're learning mm. yeah it's hard yeah mm. But let that compassion be a source of bravery to try something mm. new. Get some advice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sarah has a wonderful course, by the way, just in case mm-hmm. anyone was wondering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and step outside the lines yeah. and, and in small ways, yeah. in yeah. little ways, find windows yeah. in to have different conversations, not necessarily full on, but about bodies and reconnecting mm. people to the body. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. so many of the skills that we can pass on to children and young people aren't actually do with sex at all. Mm. They're things to do with allowing ourselves to speak up for what we need, mm. listening to someone else. Those are two building blocks of consent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, appreciating that growing up or learning about ourselves is complex and sometimes we make mistakes. How do we own when we've made a mistake and make amends? Mm. All of that stuff is integral to healthy relationships mm. and an ability to explore a healthy sexuality. Mm. And you don't even have to use the word sex once. So, yeah. you know, you've, you've just described a lot of different adults who are in positions of caring for children. Mm. And it's not appropriate for a lot of those to mm. be doing sex education mm. because parents want to do that. Mm. But there is a lot of space for um, the skills to be just be a sound person. Mm. And what does that look like? like brilliant this is a great conversation yeah yeah Yeah. good conversation good conversation great people great people as well that helps I'm silently laughing. You guys are gas. <laughs> oh no, you can you can laugh loudly. Like we we you get people are, laughing yeah. at us all the time. We're probably, we're we're probably blowing some people's speakers with uh, how loud I laugh. Well, just for the record, anyone that's listening, uh, you will feel you should feel very privileged to have Joseph and Lisa in your earbuds or on your car stereo because they are sound, interesting, fun people. So happy days for podcast land. Oh, thank you. <gasps> thank you. Was there anything we we should have asked you that we didn't, yeah. or anything that you'd like? No, good question. I don't Ooh, think so. Thanks, I suppose <laughs> if anyone wants to find me and where my work mm, is, um, Instagram is my happy place, really. Mm. Um, that's I am Sarah Sproul. Mm. Um, and we'll 
we'll post about mm. this pod mm. presumably mm. so you'll mm. be able to find we'll me there links. yeah yeah i have a mini pod which i use to answer parents questions really specific questions mm -hmm. that have come up in everyday family life mm -hmm. it's usually only about seven minutes long and it's once a week so that is a really useful way to start training your ear to mm. listen to words that you might be feeling like Oh, I couldn't say that. That would get right. stuck in my throat. Mm. Um, and is this, is this the sitting in a car? Sitting in with a car with Sarah. Yeah, Great. sitting yeah. in a car, and it's designed really so you can listen to it sitting in a car, waiting for a child to come out of sport okay. or music, or right. they run right. into the shop to buy a Mars bar. Okay. You put on sitting in a car. Gotcha. Okay. And so it's this. Uh, it's an incremental way to just okay. slowly and gently up level. Okay. And um, for any sort of parents out there who are wanting to know what the first steps are, mm. it really is about just raising your awareness of what can be said mm. and how it can be said. Mm. You don't have to do it yourself, mm. but just listen and watch another person mm. do it and start getting comfortable with even the idea of it. Mm. 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 Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. I really, I really, I really enjoyed it mm. um, and it's been really useful. Mm. You know, I mean, my youngest is 15 now at this stage, so I've probably emotionally scarred them for life. But I'm still learning as mm. I go. So I don't think it, I don't think it matters what age your kids are. Uh, you know, we're, we're never done parenting anyway. Oh, so My mum says that mm. and she's just turned 70 and I'm in my late 40s mm -hmm. and she'll sometimes say you're never done yeah you're never done parenting <laughs> because and this is the thing right when you lay the foundation for your children to be able to come to you and you listen without mm -hmm. judgment mm -hmm. then your children will come continue to come and believe mm -hmm. you me my mum's four kids I want me being one of them mm -hmm. have challenged her so much about mm -hmm. all the things that happen just because you're human and mm -hmm. relationships that are broken down and mm -hmm. relationships that have happened that Oh, that's an unusual sort of relationship. Mm. And, and, you know, so um, it's a lifelong journey. Mm. And, um, but that's not to sound overwhelming. That's to sort of give encouragement mm. and hope that it's never too late. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. start laying these foundations mm -hmm. yeah. down mm -hmm. for the relationship, really, that you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a real key yeah. piece that I've taken away from this. Yeah. That you're talking about doing these steps now to open up this uh, space for the dialogue to, to happen really mm -hmm. and I think it's really going to affect uh, your uh, positively affect and enable empower if you like that person that little person to grow into a bigger person which is having this conversation about many areas of their mm -hmm. life like this is not just going to be about their sexual experience they're going to know and name more about what they want their sport or their career or their friend group or yeah their music or their creative expression, their passion project, any of mm. these things which they are able to pick and choose of and get a sense of being like, you know, do I like, do I like jungle? Do I like drum and bass? Do I like dubstep? Do mm. I, do I, what, how do I, how do I feel about these? Now, you know, the how way you I... said you didn't recognize some of the, the, the gender, I was like, jungle, dubstep. Oh, music. Oh, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> that music? nuances 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 between i was gonna say yeah, yeah 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 if you if you're yeah if you're of the younger generation now you may not understand some of those things as i just said that's okay we're all in different places it might be uncomfortable for you <laughs> but you can be kind but you can be kind to yourself be kind to yourself <laughs> And 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 I, I so I think this is great. I mm. think this what the work that you're doing really is laying down such amazing foundation for for people to 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 find that and to be able to voice that and get a sense of what 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 is what is this what's 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 really like making me snap crackle and pop here. Mm. And I think that's that's really cool. That's mm. really 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 awesome. Mm. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, whole yeah. humans. That's what we want, isn't whole it? Whole humans. Thank you, Sarah. You're so welcome. Thank you. I love the space you've created. It's so fun, but also kind and joyful. So it's a lovely combination. Yeah, we like joy. Yeah, just doesn't even wear shoes. He's a wild, crazy party animal. There you go. Look, those toesies. Do not be joyful with the toesies. Take him out for a walk every now and again. Thank you very much for joining us. So another fantastic conversation, Conversation Outside the Lines. Um, as always, we hope that you, you 
got something out of it, that you enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, that was a little nugget of, of what Joseph calls gold in there for you that will stay with you over the next while. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear about what you loved and why maybe mm. we didn't like so much and help us get better. We would love that. Yeah. Uh, maybe mention us on the socials. What's the yeah. socials? Joseph, tell us about socials. The socials are for me Instagram, which is Joseph underscore Devlin, D-E-V-L-I-N underscore. You can find me on that. And Lisa, what's yours? You're more on LinkedIn or you're more on Instagram? Yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. It's Lisa. It's Arena Coaching is the name of of me. So that's where I kind of hang out on. I'd I'd had to take myself off Instagram. I was sucked into the hole that's grown, the the forever stone that is Instagram. So I'm very... yeah, yeah. scroll hole. Yeah. So we would we, we would really love we would really love if you were to give us your feedback on what you liked mm-hmm. and share with us uh, perhaps what you didn't like. Um, these these little nuggets of gold for us are really important because as we look into 2021 and into our next series and into what we want to create more of, um, this is really going to help us to shape that and and to and to um, to, to, to bring you, the listeners, what what um, you really want. So, yeah, please give us your feedback and reach out to us and say hi. And um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, hopefully Thanks. this Thanks is... Yeah, this, hopefully this is just the first series, uh, mm. first in a series of many podcasts. Um, enjoy. Enjoy. Bye-bye. <laughs>